Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today's show was made possible by a lot of people. Our amazing producer, Maria Wortel, both of our mothers, our interns, and as always, Solange Knowles. But you know who else we would be proud to partner up with as a sponsor of an episode? You. If you own a business and you'd like to work with us, or you work for a brand that you think could be a good fit, contact us at fyi at shoesoffatpod.com. Okay, a breast reduction, it's like somebody has back pain. I yeah. can't like tell them to look in the mirror and hashtag goddess that away. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck if cares? If you loved your curves, your back would not hurt. Right. Like, sorry, it's not true. I'm April, and this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss the Nintendo Switch, Gina Rodriguez, and Fat Traders. April. Yes. Tell me, this week, our last big app of the season. Yes. What are you obsessed with this week? Okay. A couple things. Mm -hmm. Number one. There's this very bizarre new show on Netflix called West Side. Have you okay. heard about this? No. Okay, so I saw a Vulture article. Vulture just tells me what to do and then I do it. Like, right. that's how I live my life. So Vulture was like, if you like the hills, you'll like this. And I was like, click. <laughs> like, love the hills. And so it's this bizarre music reality show. So what it is is it's like nine people living in LA are all musicians and they're all like very moody and so they got picked it's a real reality show it's a real reality show where like this guy had this idea where he wanted to do a showcase of artists in this club called One Oak which is just like a nightclub so the show is like it follows him picking these people and then them trying to like write songs together but then the weird thing is sometimes they'll be talking about something like one one of them will be talking about like his alcohol addiction and then it'll cut to like a very highly produced music video about his alcohol oh my god that like like relates to the content of what they were just talking about but like it's clearly his single so clearly it was like they filmed the reality show then they all made like five singles each then they shot music videos and then they inserted it into the reality show but you never know when they're coming so it'll be like in the middle of a scene like somebody a girl will just be like oh you know i I was on american idol but i never hit it and i'm just wondering like when's my next big break gonna come (laughs) and then she'll be like my next big break oh my god wild and it's not good like it's not good but it's interesting if you like music and you like musicians who take themselves too seriously and you like drama like yeah i would watch it it's fun but it's not good you know what i mean okay what's next next is so there's this singer named raven lanae she's like 18 like she's very young and she has this song that i really like that i will link in the show notes just because i mean here fair warning it has a little bit of spoken word which i do not like but she uses like a teaspoon of it but i really like her sound she's like r&b kind of like disco-y kind of pop i think she's really unique 
And I'm just, I got my eye on Raven Linnae. So my final obsession this week is Gina Rodriguez of Jane the Virgin fame um, is in trouble on Twitter this week, which I find hilarious. Uh, She is, identifies as Latina. She has a history of like when black women are speaking about their experiences explicitly being black, not just women of color, but black, she'd be like, I think you mean all women of color. Like she does that. One thing you don't know about Ariana Grande is that she literally sings everything. They all sing. But so, so anyway, Gina Rodriguez this week got in trouble because she said something like, um, black actresses get paid more than Latina actresses, which number one is not true. Number two, I think it just it just really set people off because she has this history of like trying to do a sort of like oppression Olympics thing and basically being like, why don't Latina actresses have what black actresses have instead of sort of contending with the whole like racist system of Hollywood at large? It's a very weird thing to say. It's interesting because she keeps trying to position herself as like a champion, but she won't educate herself. So she keeps getting into this shit when I'm like, you could just do some light Googling and not like have your whole ass out. But so anyway, my obsession about this is that once that quote came out about her comparing black actress salaries to Latina actresses, people on Twitter just like, lost it and there's some really good memes out of it I so do you want to click white actors make the same movie over and over again gina rodriguez dot 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 black actors make a groundbreaking film and it breaks the box box office gina rodriguez oh brother oh whoa 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 now you got too much dip on your chip Oh my you God. got too much dip you on got your chip. Too much dip on your t- literally. Chip. Wow. Okay. This one says Gina Rodriguez. Every time a black actor speaks a little more money than her, is that uh, Ian Summerholder? Yep. Mm-hmm. We need to launch a full federal investigation into why and how this happened. Who allowed this? <laughs> because she really has this like crabs in a barrel mentality that is so harmful and so ignorant i'm like girl jeez it was interesting to see people react to this like impulse to be like well where's ours like she has a lot of tweets where she's like where's our girl strip where's our black panther and it's like don't you want your own thing and why are you so concerned about what like the small amount of black actresses well, are up to? Well, why is she saying that about black people and not all white people? That's what. That's the problem. It's like you sh- you're mad that three black movies came out this year and not 120 <laughs> white ones. Why isn't she like where's our at Lord of the Rings? Yeah, she doesn't say that. Like she only gets mad when she's just like, why is there why is girls number one? I'm like, why are you mad at black girls? That's very weird. <laughs> I don't get it, but she got skewered and she has not apologized. I've been like waiting for her notes app apology, and it's not coming. She doesn't do those. She just ignores it. I'm like, damn. It's going to catch up with you, honey, but can't wait for season six of Jane the Virgin. Like, love it. Anyway. Damn. Um, so those are my obsessions this week. I had, I had many. What You're are yours? You're obsessed with intra-POC racism. As usual. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm obsessed with something very white, as okay, usual. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, I went to go see this movie called The Favorite. Okay. Have I've you heard, heard about, about this? Not a word. Oh, my God. Okay. It is so good. Okay. It might be my... Second favorite movie of the year no. after Paddington 2. Wait, that was this that year? That was this <gasps> year, bitch. <laughs> when? Like January? Yes. Oh my this God. Year. Oh, that this is the longest year of my this life. Year. That was this year? That's that this felt year. like it was Can two years ago. Can you believe that? Black Panther was this year. I can't believe that. Can you believe? Wow. Okay, so but this is this is your number two. Tell me okay, about it. Okay, so, okay, first of all, 
it's directed by or like created by Yorgos Lanthimos. Okay. Who I've never see, been interested in his other films. I haven't seen either of them. He did The Lobster. Okay. And he did mm-hmm. Killing of a Sacred Deer, which both of those I was like, these look artsy and dumb. I saw The Lobster with shout out to our friend Joanna Spicer. It was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of people didn't like those. I think Nina hated them, and she's like, I don't want to see this. I okay. Hated it. But you know, I like period pieces. Mm-hmm. First of all, it has Olivia Coleman in it. Okay. She plays Queen Anne, who mm-hmm. was like the last of some British line. Um, she was like a real queen. And then she's in this movie, she's portrayed as like being a little bit like mentally ill. She's like suffering from gout and suffering okay. from like a lot of illnesses. And then the movie is about Lady Sarah played by Rachel Weiss, who is like, you know, her favorite and like her best friend and, and, <laughs> um, and in like real life, there's like interesting history stuff about them. Okay. And then Emma Stone really good in this movie mm. plays like Lady Sarah's cousin Abigail who's like become impoverished because her dad like gambled away their money or whatever and she shows up and starts like worming her way into the like relationship and like into the court Ooh. and like trying to get power and stuff cool so it's this like triangle between the three of them and like there's all this like the costumes are beautiful the shots are really pretty it's slightly absurdist in okay, a way that cool. highlights like the way weird court life stuff happen I like it because because like one of my pet peeves about like historical fiction movies, what are they called? Period pieces. Yeah. Is just when there's like it's so obvious that it's placed in whatever time. It's like that's a movie about the 1700s made in the 80s. Yeah, it's so smelling. <laughs> you know, absolutely. And so like what I like about this one is that it's like slightly absurdist, mm-hmm. and so it's like yeah, it's like that was a weird fucking time, <laughs> and like we don't really know what it would be like to experience that but like the things that are real and true in it are like trying to survive like scheming a little bit like being like love and like power and it was really good and also what i like about it is that the three main characters are women like they're all complicated um and they're all interesting and like by the end it's like none of them is clearly good or bad like it's just like interesting women um okay so that's number one obsessed with the favorite Number two, I got a Nintendo Switch. Oh my god! Everybody's talking about this. Please explain to me what this is. Ariana okay. Grande keeps tweeting about really? it. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Okay, it's basically just like a big Game Boy. Okay. Ooh, how big? Like an iPad? I'll. Sh- it's like this. I mean, it's out there. I can show you. The screen is like this big. Okay. And then the controllers on the side can come off so that you can plug it into your TV as well. Cool. But you can play games on it here, and then you can play games on it, like, up on the TV. Cool. And I can play all the games I used to play. Like, there's a new Mario game that's Ooh. really fun. I've been playing... Victor's been playing Pokemon on nice. it. There's, like, Tetris. I like to... Isabel and I like to play Picross. Picross? What's that? <laughs> it's, like, a weird Sudoku, basically. You okay. Know? It's very calming. <laughs> cool. But, um, yeah, I got it before Thanksgiving because I was worried Thanksgiving would be stressful, and I was like, I'll just play my Switch. Nice. Nice. (laughs) But especially for anyone who grew up with like a Game Boy Color, like me, it's like very fun and like the games on it are fun. And did I talk about the dream before? The rapper? No. (laughs) Absolutely not. Who? The dream is this podcast about MLMs that I'm really obsessed with. Okay, I can't remember if you told me about it on the show or in real life, but you did tell me about it. So by the time I think this comes out, the last episode will be out of this season. It's so good. I really recommend everyone go listen to it, especially if you're someone who has been involved in or has friends who are involved in MLMs. Um, It really just like exposes the history of them and how they're all pyramid schemes and how like they're targeted mostly at women to like take all your money and it's super 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 interesting oh my goodness everyone I'm listen in. to the dream um and then the final thing is just sometimes people ask me on instagram what 
people I like to follow. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to say two people. One person I followed for a long time is Katie Jane Hughes. She's a makeup artist. She's like British, I think. And like, she just does a lot of get ready with me, like live videos Mm -hmm. that I enjoy. Like, I'll be like, oh, there's a live today. And then I'll watch it. And she just like does her makeup. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. And I enjoy watching her for sure. She has hooded eyes like me. So I like it. And then this new one, um, her name, she's like very, she's got a pretty small account right now, but I think she's like, I believe in her. Oh, hell yeah. Her aunt is Pout Gina. Someone else I follow recommended her she's this pretty black woman who does um lipstick reviews Ooh. i'll show you she did like a whole series on glossier where she based she didn't like the new lips because she said mm. that they like changed color on her darker lips or something oh, interesting like she's so cute and she just like wears a lot of lips she just recommends different lips oh my god i'm following her i Isn't love a bold lip yeah she wears a lot of bold lips and like she's so cute so those are my obsessions this week And now let's move on to our shout-out corner. Great. These are the names, the handles of the people who give us the reason for living um, (laughs) to (laughs) write reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to everyone who rates, reviews, and subscribes to get us to the top of that new and noteworthy page one day soon. One day soon. These are the people who keep me going when I'm 45th in line at Trader Joe's (laughs) and need some encouragement. So thank you. If you think you will ever get to the new and noteworthy page, I give up. Tweet us. It's about to be season four. Hashtag new and noteworthy. (laughs) Okay, but people get featured on there when they're like, I mean, I think. I think Two Dope Queens is still on there. I don't want to talk about Two Dope Queens. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> thank you to the following people who belong to these handles. Faye Doll, K.R. Cola, Coley, exclamation point, Colleen M. Mann, Eliza X 101, <laughs> and Satan's Pawn 666. Horrifying. <laughs> I rebuke it, but thank you. <laughs> Uh, we're throwing holy water, but thank you. But thank you so but much. Thank you. Okay. And these are the people. I'm sorry, I'm just imagining like a demon listening to the podcast and like, I love this body positivity. <laughs> Makes me feel good about my horns. <laughs> what if demons are subconscious about their horns? Oh my god, this is a short story waiting to happen. New Yorker, please at me. Oh my god. Okay. Satan's by six 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 is like my cloven hoods are beautiful. <laughs> Do not. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> and now these are our Patreon supporters. These are people who have gone to patreon.com slash use all fat pod and supported us. You keep the lights on. You help us make all this delicious content for you. Mm. You make us feel great about ourselves. You invest in, you know, small media creators. And we love you. Here are some of your names. Sophie Rainier, Kylie Vest. Colleen Bremner, Christy, Caitlin Savage, and Margaret Gashu. Thank y'all so, so much. Thank you. Okay. And now for news. You ready? Yes. Okay, so our main news is that season three is coming to a close. <laughs> we love you so much. Thank you for supporting us. Um, we have this episode this week, and the next week we have a little holiday surprise for you. Yeah. And then we'll be wrapping up the season. This has been an incredible season. I'm really proud of it. Me too. Thank you for coming with us. Thank you for telling your friends. So many of you tell your friends, and then your friends email you and email us, and they're like, my friend told me, and then I listen, and she was right. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are the best. I've had several people in real life be like, oh my god, my friend told me, to like, recommended this podcast to me, and I was like, how how did you learn about yes. it? And I was like, yeah, people listen. It's wild. It's not just my friends. I forced to listen to it. 
Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> um, also, so we're going to be prepping for season four. Don't worry. We're coming back. We'll never leave you without warning. <laughs> Send us emails with what you'd like us to talk about next season. Um, this season, as you know, our theme was like, our general theme was like experiences we don't have, more intersectional experiences. Um, so let us know what you would like us to talk about. We'll, we want to do a couple more episodes with experiences we don't have. There's so many of those that like we always want to throw those in. And it's going to be fun to like craft a whole new season. Um, over winter break, would you please all try to share the podcast with your friends? It'd be great if we could like grow in between seasons. That would really help us out. And we could spend more time devoted to making more episodes for you if we have more listeners. That just helps us out a lot. Also, there, if you're a Patreon, even at the $1 level, you're going to get a lot of little extras and surprises over the holiday break. So I would recommend personally becoming a Patreon, even at the $1 level, because you'll have access to all of the audio extras from the beginning of the podcast and all of the things that we put out for you in Christmas break. And there's um, some goods in there, let me tell you. Yeah. Also, in between seasons, please send us more questions. We're yeah. um, excited to answer more questions about your life and also more just fun questions and whatever you need advice about. I would we'll also, yeah, I would love to get updates from previous Hannahs whose questions we've answered. Also, over Christmas break, we have to just, you know, we got to make at me on Christmas, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't make me start a GoFundMe for at me on Christmas. I'll mm, fucking do it. <laughs> I'd watch it, you know. And now let's move on to tip jars. So this week we have a little message from Jill Hillbrenner. She has a podcast called Having a Moment, and she left us a little clip. Hey, April and Sophie. Love the podcast, and I especially want to say thank you for your episode about just making it to 2019. This is the content we need these days because we're all just trying to make it through. Speaking of making it through, I'm really inspired by all the progressive candidates who recently won their elections in the midterms. Something that's been on my mind and probably a lot of people's minds is how we can keep helping more candidates like that. I host a little podcast called Having a Moment. You can find us at havingamomentpod.com, and we've been interviewing people supporting progressive candidates. One thing I learned in the course of that is that besides donating money, one of the biggest ways you can help candidates is by having real conversations with real voters, like phone banking, text banking, that kind of thing. And as we've seen in these recent races, that can make a big difference when the races are really close. Hope that helps. Just a little note to stay motivated. Thank you, Jill. And next, we're just going to shout out our Facebook group. Once again, our Facebook group is for people who are patrons at the $7 and up level. So this week in the Facebook group, we're talking about our favorite shopping mall memories, dealing with breakups and swapping cat photos. Mm -hmm. We're having fun. Um, and finally, if you give at $15 a month or more, you get access to our special Team I Love Bread segment. That's not an extra. That's a segment we record just for the people in that team and above. This season, our theme is Blast from the Past, where we tell stories from our past. It's very juicy over there. And if you join now, you'll be or before the end of the season, you'll be able to tell us what you want us to talk about next season. You could let us know you want us to give advice on various things. You could let us know you want to guide on various things. Like, it's up to the people in that team what they want really we're there to serve we are there to serve i love it it's you can hear the rain i hope oh listen. oh my god that's so nice listen oh my god i'm gonna fall asleep <laughs> oh i'm at my strongest oh my, my strongest when it's raining wow 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 is get this your ready. superpower this is my superpower okay i think that's it so we should really get to the meat of it don't you think let's do it hey. 
meat of it. Okay, so this week on the meat of it, we're finally doing this episode. We're talking about fat traders. Are you ready? Yeah. (laughs) I've been afraid of this episode. You have been afraid. I really don't think it's going to be that bad. Like, once I laid it out, honestly, there's a lot of people who feel the same way about us, which made me feel bad. The same way as us about (laughs) these things. They think we're fat traders. They think we're fat traders. Honestly, probably some people do. I'm sure they do. But no, there's a lot of people who feel the same way that we do about some of these topics. And there's a lot who don't. But you know what? We're here. All right. So first, we want to talk about what might be defined as a fat trader. And when I Googled the words fat trader, a lot of articles came up. Like, a lot of people just say the phrase fat trader. But, you know... I coined it, but no, people have no, been no, calling people each other say it. fat traders for a long time. So a fat trader might be like someone who was considered body positive and then gets weight loss surgery. Someone who's exercises. like trying to be a good fatty a or good something. Fatty. Mm-hmm. Um, some people think a fat trader is someone who like is a body positive blogger and then might like charge for some sort of body positive course. And they're yeah. like, you're trying to make money out of us, so you're a fat trader. But basically it's somebody who... Like, let's say there are unspoken rules of body positivity, which we'll get into. Somebody who is seen as having broken them yeah. and is now, like, excommunicated from uh-huh. the quote-unquote community. Um, so I've seen a lot, of, especially celebrities in this episode, we'll talk about get sort of, like, kicked out or seen as traitors. Hashtag canceled. Canceled, seen as, like, has having betrayed the community. And so we kind of just want to talk about those instances and, like, what that means for the greater body positive movement. So I want to talk a little bit about why we wanted to episode or why i'm forcing sophie to do this episode (laughs) number one yeah i just wanted to talk about like the this idea that there's like rules of body positivity like as if we all sign something some people sort of navigate this the movement as if there are rules that we all agreed to and like if you break them then it's over and you're canceled whereas i like i mean i was introduced to the movement from the educate like and during my education i learned about it and then i kind of got into it socially yeah but like there was never a point when i'm like okay here are the rules like i never felt clear on them so when i see people getting called out for breaking them i'm like what are the rules? It's like, where where are they posted? Oh my God. I didn't get a pamphlet. Um, so I just wanted some space to explore that. And also, like, I, I love a I love a touchy subject. Why not? You know what I mean? I love discord. I well, love you're that. not afraid of being canceled. I mean... This is, like, mm. truly the episode that a girl who's never been bullied wants to do. <laughs> it's very true. I mean, hey, I remember somebody in second grade called me fat, and then I beat her ass. Yeah. So that was bullying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but honestly, you're right. You're definitely right. But for me, it's more just about, like, we have our own space where we get to talk about things specifically from our perspective, and nobody else's and we're not speaking for anyone no i mean i think if you're a loyal listener of this podcast then you know that like i'm not trying to be anybody's like body positive warrior or like, like permission I'm not, slip no, no i'm not anybody's like ultimate guru i'm literally just some girl who yeah. like talks and that's it so like yeah. this is my first this is our disclaimer here this is my opinion also sophie will share her opinions that's the end of the list of like yeah. whose opinion it is so let's start by saying what we actually consider a fat trader to be okay you go first okay i think a fat trader is someone or more commonly a company that is profiting off of fat people Mm -hmm. without benefiting them. Maybe people who are like 12 to four size, 12 to 14 who Mm -hmm. are like quote unquote plus size models, but say like shitty things about fat people. Yeah. Or like our, our plus size models, but say things like, Oh, I don't want to be considered plus size or like all women are women. People who disavow (laughs) us who are fat. Like that to me is benefiting off of us while 
hurting us. Absolutely. Or like, you know, I think fat treaters are people who would work at or support companies that um, sell weight loss products. Mm -hmm. Fat treaters are people who would work at companies that want to sell damaging things to fat people to make money off of us without supporting us. To me, that's like what a fat trader is. It has to do with harming other people and it doesn't really have to do with struggling through your own personal journey. Like I'm not interested in talking about whether or not someone's choices for their own body are correct. I'm interested in talking about like, we're going to get into this and to how like it's, it's important to know how people, how you talk about yourself in public because Mm -hmm. that can affect other people. But in the end, my decision is always like, that's their body and that's their thing. The thing that I'm like willing to be like, that's fucked up is when it's like, you're making money off of me and you're throwing me under the bus. Absolutely. Like I think like Khloe Kardashian is a fat trader. (laughs) Well, I mean, this thing is like, I would, would consider somebody a fat creator who's been like i'm a plus size girl but fit tea works for me that's what she said but, pretty but, much but is she plus like i feel like it's somebody who she used to be like a 12 own it yeah but i think in my head it's like somebody who claims to own it and being like sure i sure. love plus size. like i love being plus size i love my quote-unquote curves and yes. then they're like but fit tea works great for yeah, you yeah Something exactly like that. but so before we jump into the big the big example of being a fat trainer i wanted to go over some of these like smaller examples of things that might get people called a fat trader and see what we think about that. Okay. So breast reductions, boob jobs, and other plastic surgery. We've got a couple questions in our inbox about from people being like, I am getting my my boobs reduced from like a G to a B because my boobs are huge and like it hurts. But like, am I a trader for doing oh that sort of thing? And some of them would be like, my friends have said like, I'm, I'm a trader and I can't say I'm body positive because oh I God. changed my body in any way. Okay. And I'm just like, all right, what do we think? Yeah. Okay. So my opinion about body modification is that, um, is nobody's fucking business. <laughs> I think body on top. Here's the confusing part. I see people get called fat traders, but when I learned about body positivity, the autonomy, autonomy part was like the first thing I learned, which is just like, you got to do your own thing in your own body. And yeah. I don't tell you what to do. And you don't tell me what I mean, to do. I think some people use that to their detriment where they're like, I can lose weight if I want and use weight watchers and promote it because it's my body. Or I'm like, like, find okay, a way I to, guess. but find a way to say that that's body positive. Right. I think it's like the red Exactly. Alert. And I'm yeah. like, yes, you can do what the fuck you want i'm not going to try to tell you to do what you want but don't try to say that that's body positive no you know mm-hmm. trying to lose weight through diet participating in diet culture mm-hmm. to me is a very specific action it involves prioritizing thin bodies over fat bodies yes and saying thin bodies are in general better than fat bodies and i want that yes there are so many variations of the world where somebody can be trying to navigate something that doesn't quite match up with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not willing to like say that they're canceled. You know what I mean? I just think there's so much nuance where, there. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, a breast reduction. It's like somebody has back pain. I yeah. can't like tell them to look in the mirror and hashtag goddess that away. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck If cares? you loved your curves, your back would not hurt. Right. Like, sorry, it's not true. And also like if someone gets a breast reduction, they're so fucking fat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I mean, I, but I feel that way about, I mean, it's complicated, right? Because I also enjoy fashion and, and makeup mm-hmm. stuff. Those things exist within like a racist, like capitalist Absolutely. Western framework. Do I still use like Glossier makeup for my eyebrows to look a certain way? Yeah. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. that's fun and I have fun. I'm not like, I don't think anybody has like issued beauty standards to the point where they're just like, I live in the ditch. I'm like, why? <laughs> like makeup's fun. If even were- if it does like fall within these, this range, you know what I mean? If you're really body positive, you would cover yourself in soot. Right. I'm like, <laughs> grow no, your, your pubes to your knees. Do that. <laughs> 
You don't want to do that. So it's like plastic surgery and stuff. I'm like, I think like anything else, it's important to think about and talk about within the framework of like, oh, what kind of choices are you making? What are they aligning you with? Why are you making these choices? Is it because you're like obsessed with looking whiter, like more like a Scandinavian person, like more, more thin because that's more powerful in some ways. I'm like, okay, you know, for example, you have always said that you want to like, when you get rich, you're like, I would do my teeth. Absolutely. I'm getting veneers. 2020. That's my goal. (laughs) So like getting veneers, like teeth are a huge class indicator, Mm -hmm. right? So part of you saying, I want to get veneers is part of you saying like, when I'm rich, I want to look rich. I don't want to look poor. Absolutely. You know, for me, it's like, I have a lot of amalgam fillings, which is like the mercury fillings. Cause that's what they give to poor people. I don't want poor people teeth anymore. Exactly. So (laughs) it's like, it's complicated, right? Cause it's both. Yes. You want to align with looking more capitalist rich for sure. But like, who has the fucking right to tell you no. to not get your mercury out of your teeth? Literally. What if it kills me? It's mercury. You know? <laughs> like, so it's complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. It's all complicated. And I just think there's no point. A lot of people use a lot of energy to, like, police other people in the movement. And I think that that's such energy wasted. Yeah. Like, if you really want to tell me that I'm not body positive because I want to buy my mom a neck lift, like... Uh, sorry, you're wasting your time. Talk to your racist dad. <laughs> a <laughs> like, neck literally. lift. Yeah, I want my mom to get a neck lift in 2020. What the fuck is a neck lift? Well, she has wrinkles on her neck, and I want it to be tight. She Are wants you it kidding tight. Kidding me? She wants a tight neck, and I want what she okay. wants. I love my mom. I want your mom to have what she wants, but <laughs> my mom I don't my mom, think she needs a neck. Lift. It doesn't matter what she needs. My mommy wants a neck lift, and oh she gets God. what she wants because I love my mommy. So. And you know what? I'm still body. <laughs> when I pay for her plastic surgery, I'm still body positive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't wait for my mommy to get her so neck lift. So here's the thing. It's like, I think most plastic surgery falls under the category of like, does it help bodies align more with racist heteropatriarchal standards? A hundred percent. Do we need to live our lives? A hundred percent. Are you getting surgery and then using your new face to profit? Yes. That's something to talk that about is for sure or are you just like trying to live in the world are you just like yeah. doing something to make you feel more comfortable like I, I just don't think it can be like 100% check plus it's fine or yeah. like absolutely never I just think it's complicated it's complicated and it all boils down to Maria drop the clip right here tonight on The Bachelor there are women who are not here for the right reasons Tiara's not here for the right reasons do you think that you talk to Jojo for the right reasons she's stunning and her dress is beautiful but sort of seems like she's not here for the right reasons whether or not you're doing it for the right reasons yeah Because honestly, it's true. Like, and, and and of course, that's not going to be like a perfect rule right. of thumb for every I situation. Mean, with that being said, intent is not impact. No, you know? not at all. But it's a helpful way to think about it of just like, am I getting a breast reduction because I want to look like Pamela Anderson or yeah. like, does my back hurt? Um, and we also just want to do a quick note about plastic surgery in general. Yeah. A lot of people in the body positive community who are totally anti-plastic surgery, I just feel like it's really transphobic for like, yeah. there's a lot of trans people, not all trans people, but some who like want to get plastic surgery to help them more align with their actual identity and i feel like that's fucked up to be like you're kicked out of body positivity because you're trans and want surgery yes that's fucked up like let's examine our stances in general 100 percent problematic that sort of gender and weight and like people who are gender non-conforming or non-binary or trans which are all separate slash some overlapping things like it's all very complicated that's one reason we like haven't talked about that and have gotten questions about like is it fat phobic if i'm like trans but feel uncomfortable and like want to lose weight to like and like i don't have no idea that's a whole other journey for someone else and i do not have the right to talk about that at all you know Mm -hmm. 
how like how did I just feel like you feel real bold to tell somebody else yeah. who's like living in a body that you are not living in what to do with it yeah I, I just, agree like, that's fucked up it's really interesting like which celebrities get facial surgery yeah like which is all of all them, of them. <laughs> and what they end up looking like yeah you know like why are they doing that to make more money mm-hmm. that's kind of fucked up if like jenny who lives like as a house mom or whatever mm-hmm. wants to get plastic surgery on her nose i don't fucking care <laughs> maybe feel she like feels better whole, about it. who cares the whole movement does not ride on jenny's no. shoulders but also like am i here to excuse jenny for then being like i'm finally living my best life right and no I'm that's finally fucked beautiful. up that's, that's fucked, fucked up. up part that's totally fucked up yeah that that's kind of how i see it yeah um so another thing i want to quickly touch on was the good fatty notion okay so side note i thought that the good fatty term was like created by the militant baker but i couldn't source it like oh. where it came from so i don't know who invented it but somebody did and it wasn't us but i wanted to talk about like the good fatty uh dichotomy good fatty being somebody who's like i'm fat but i'm definitely trying to lose weight and like here's a photo of me and my leggings in the and gym, i eat healthy and i eat healthy and it's a lifestyle change and i'm like doing great and, and i'm really trying and and i'm healthy healthy. (laughs) i'm really trying so a lot of people in the body positive movement if you like talk about exercising at all they sort of immediately align you with like she's trying to be a good fatty kicked out (laughs) where it's like i mean we've done a lot of episodes about exercise but we're definitely pro exercise and again i don't think that means you're not body positive yeah and i don't think that means you're a traitor and it also doesn't mean you have to exercise we don't think that either no i mean i also honestly i don't even like want to hashtag cancel good fatties i'm like wow sounds like you have a lot more to work through yeah that sucks sounds like you're at the beginning of your journey which we all were like i just once again we always talk about on this pod like i don't think it's useful for anyone to pretend like you just woke up one day and like diet culture was just erased from your brain and like you were never brainwashed and like you never tried to exercise what atkins book i don't have you also subscribe to the weight watchers app for six years like the rest of us oh my god speaking of that okay the other day i was cleaning out the apps on my phone and i found this old folder that i had from years ago that's called move your ass and it's like calorie counting apps and exercise apps. Oh my god. Like I still had it on my phone. phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that was probably from like, you know, four years ago. How did like, you not notice it? I have so it's like all these folders. Oh, like wow. I have all my apps in folders. So I just saw it said like MO, like you know how it was so small. And then I clicked on it and it said move your ass. Oh my like, god. It was right like years ago. I was on a diet like within the past five years. Wow. So like let's not pretend like yeah. we're and here I am on she's all fat. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not perfect. No. I'm not a perfect person. There's many things I wish I had I'm done. Not we're gonna drop the clip you know as we as we talk about all the time body positivity needs to be decoupled from health the thing i feel strongly about in body positivity and health is that like health is not a reason to treat someone with respect or not Mm -hmm. and so i'm like people can be pursuing their health or not pursuing their health um doesn't really matter you still have to treat people with respect so like if people i think there's like definite understandable resentment towards people who are like trying to get approval from thin people Mm -hmm. for like exercising and stuff but i generally think those people are just still entrenched in diet culture and i feel bad for them i'm not trying to cancel them i don't necessarily want them to profit off of us again and i don't think that they need to like position themselves as leaders of the movement no they should not but i also like acknowledge their humanity yeah i'm like (laughs) Like, this is this doesn't make sense if it's a movement you can only be in when you have a phd in it exactly i'm like who's gonna be in it then and who is that welcoming it's not welcoming to people who are on their day one which is most people because again most most of the world hates fat people still like we need people to be on day one it's fine and most people have never heard of body positivity as wild as that is to think trust us from doing this show a lot of people are like just heard of this concept from your podcast yeah literally like most people like pretty much everyone you know but that's it 
That's it. Yeah. So finally, I want to talk about the biggie as far as fat traders, which the is biggie. The biggie. Get jiggy with it. Are you the biggie? <laughs> I'm the biggie. <laughs> so I want to talk about the biggie, which is weight loss surgery. So my overall note for like having a rule of thumb about these sort of things is, are they doing it for the right reasons? I'm so here for sorry. the right reasons. <laughs> this compilation, like really, it made me laugh. Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, when I started researching for this episode, the main people who have been publicly called out for being a fat trader are like celebrities who are fat, who have like expressed quote, loving their curves or a similar sentiment and then gotten weight loss surgery. Um, So the first instance of this that I want to get into is Ashley Nell Tipton, if you remember from Project Runway fame. It's a designer that was fat and then notably like used the word fat on the show and got a lot of attention for that and did like plus size clothes or whatever. Yeah. Got uh, weight loss surgery a couple years back and people are really upset about it. I think what really set people off was this quote in like a, I think people magazine interview about it where she said, I'm not telling anyone to get this surgery. I'm just telling you to love yourself enough to know what's best for you and your health. So I'm going to read a little quote from Virgie Tovar got a question about this for like her column. And she said that this is her mantra for dealing. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dealing with when this kind of thing happens. So Virgie is explicitly like anti-weight loss surgery. Mm -hmm. So she said, I live in a toxic culture that dehumanizes all people and compels us to take up the fight of becoming as completely ununique and homogenous as possible. As a fat woman in particular, I'm being encouraged to undergo unnecessary and barbaric surgery by a heavily biased industry medicine in quotes further i'm being gaslit by people i admire who are suggesting that this unnecessary and barbaric surgery is something i should do if i love myself so i think that it was interesting that virgie laid it out like this because like i said i i think people should get weight loss surgery if they really feel like that's what they need for themselves but this is an example where like i do think that's fucked up that she said like love yourself enough to yeah, get weight loss surgery that's fucked up for sure like using self-love language which as we know that's the most popular version of body positivity is like the personal kind online or anything to be like if you have self-love you would love yourself enough to go down to the office yeah. and get your stomach oh i was like god. oh my god i just think that's fucked up yeah it's really fucked up but again i don't know that i'm willing to call like ashley nell tipton a, a fat traitor i mean you know i just feel like that's heavy for anyone yeah i mean i really agree with whoever shoot i'll have to find the article but someone wrote about Roxanne Gay's weight loss surgery. I know we're going to get to her in a little bit, but someone wrote about it and they were basically like, I really can't blame anyone who is fat and lives in our world and has so much hate thrown at them all the time. Anyone who like decides it's too hard. Mm -hmm. 
like, if that's too hard, it's too hard. It doesn't make you, like, a bad person if you're like, actually, I prefer not to be dehumanized every day. Yeah, absolutely. I just think we really need to take stock of the body positive movement in general. Like, the reality is, it's not very welcoming. If you go on Instagram and you search body positive body positivity, it's like a white girl who's a size 12. If you're not that, you feel like you're not included. If yeah. you are that, you might take up too much space. It's not welcoming to people who, like, aren't currently on a diet and don't know anything about this. Yeah. So why would you also set up, like, new barometers of what it takes to be involved in it like it's not a click i just want you to not punish yourself that's it and i want to like be able to navigate and live in the world without being disrespected like 24 7 like literally that's it is the surgery fucked up yes they cut out half your stomach some people can never have soda again is that fucked up 100 percent. they also don't know a lot about it are some people told that if they don't do that they're gonna die in a year are some people told that if they don't do that like they're gonna (laughs) like ruin their lives are some people told that if they want to maintain like having health coverage they need to do that yeah yeah so like i just don't feel like i can really blame people for making that choice yes. especially when they exist in a larger body than i do and are like more marginalized we Absolutely. got an email one time about someone whose mom was like a size 14 okay. and was like trying to gain weight to a size 16 so that she could get Qualify? weight loss surgery yeah. that's fucked up yeah that's bizarre like that but again i'm like wow she's so trapped in diet culture yeah. she needs help exactly <laughs> You know, like if somebody desperately needs help like that, and they're clearly so sick from the society we live in, I can't imagine just pushing them out when that's when Why they need would you the I most. Be like, hey, get the fuck out. Yeah, I maybe I would be like, hey, there's specific spaces with really vulnerable people that yeah. you can't be in right now because we need to protect them. But I still want to, like, as someone who has the resources, I want to talk to you about this. For sure. You know, so it's like, who's gonna tell them otherwise? You think like if you kick someone out of a community, they're gonna go out and then be like, I'm gonna do my homework? No, no. They're going to be like, you know what, dieting does work. Yeah, they'll be like, they're they're (laughs) promoting obesity and I don't want to be involved in that. I just feel like if the community is going to grow, we need to be more welcoming or die off. Yeah. It's the only way. And, And that is not to say that there's like, I totally support that there are spaces that would exist that would be like, absolutely no weight loss surgery It's very necessary because it's super triggering. I absolutely get it. But that doesn't mean to me that there should be no spaces where that's acceptable, especially because most of the body positive movement is small and mid fats. Exactly. And those are not the people who are most targeted by this surgery and not the people who are most likely to get it. Yes, absolutely. And not the people who are most marginalized by a fat phobic world. So I'm just kind of like... If like, I were super fat, I could talk on it more. I'm yeah. not. So I wanted to read this excerpt from um, an article by Laurel Dickman, uh, friend of the pod, who wrote about when Gabrielle Sidibe got weight loss surgery and got all that shit for it, like, last summer. So she said, You have no right to anyone else's body just as they have no right to yours. It's important to remember to separate your struggles from other folks, especially if their struggles are different in some ways from your own. When you are standing at the intersection of weight, race, medical issues, life looks a lot different. A person's right to choose is a person right to choose whether it's having an abortion gender reassignment cosmetic change or weight loss surgery while we do have to keep fighting it's important to remember the enemy is not someone else within the movement it's the system the movement was created to fight it's important to acknowledge like sometimes if you see somebody as a body positive like guru where you look up to them for being body positive or they're a public figure and they get the surgery like it might hurt your feelings even if that is their personal experience if you want to read the there's this writer called Donye Coles that wrote for Afropunk about after Roxanne Gay announced her weight loss surgery Mm -hmm. they did a good job of kind of talking about 
how to navigate that while also acknowledging the sting. Yeah, sure. Roxanne Gay does not exist to inspire others. She is a person with her own life and struggles. And although the decision she made is not one that I think I would have made, that does not give me the right to judge her for a choice she made for her own life. So yes, it stung, but it was her body and she, like all of us, gets to decide what she does with it. I agree. That's totally how I feel. I mean, any kind of plus size influencer, again, it's like they are wearing makeup. They are wearing <laughs> like fast yeah. fashion clothes. Exactly. Like they are participating in these systems. Like there's just no one you can point to who's like perfect not doing any of these things. Yeah. There's just such a difference between actively harming a community and people struggling to live through marginalization. Exactly. You might look up to somebody and see them as your body positive guru, but do they identify yeah, like that? Yeah, she does not she identify does as not. body positive at all. She never said, like, please look up to me and, like, I'll lead you through the way. She's no. like, I'm a person. This is my experience. Some people were writing about being upset that Melissa McCarthy lost weight. I was like, did she promise you she wasn't going to no, lose weight? Not <laughs> like, at all. You have to really, like, lower your expectations for public figures. They're in public. That doesn't mean that they're here to guide you through your no. personal life. Not at all. And also, it's just, I don't think there's quite another marginalization where, like, if you get less marginalization, people yell at you. Because, like, <laughs> it's one of the few things that can move back and forth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No one would call someone, no one would cancel you or, like, call you a fat trader if you gained weight. No, right? not at all. I mean, some, uh, some there's some corners of body positivity that's like, encourages it. Yeah. It's like, let's all get as fat as possible, which I don't subscribe to, but that does exist. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I mean, whatever. You know, do what you're going to do. Do what you're going to do. You're striving to become less poor. Yeah. And, oh, my God, that's the goal. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just read and an article. Like, shout out to Amina from CYG. Like, the headline just says, like, yeah, I'm trying to be rich. It's like, same. You know? <laughs> you know what? Over like, it. Honestly, was, <laughs> over it. But even as a strong socialist, yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm trying to exist in the world. Again, not to say we're trying to lose weight. We are not trying to lose weight. No, I'm good. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like even, even when, I mean, I'm... <laughs> As we know, white. Yes. But like, even when I see black people do things that are like, like straighten their hair, use whitening creams or whatever, I'm like, sucks to live in a racist world. I understand why you would feel pressured to do that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> are there people who you feel are true fat traders? I mean, I, I don't feel that way about other human beings, to be honest. <laughs> I just don't feel like kicking someone out of this club that I didn't invent and do not like moderate. <laughs> but- okay, wait. I thought I did think of one group that I think is a fat trader. Who? It's um, fat male comedians who talk about fat women. Oh, yeah. You're right. I hate that I shit. hate that. I hate that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hate that. Yeah, that's so... You're that, fucking the, fat. They're a fat trader. Oh, you're so right. You're so right. They're kicked out. <laughs> they're, they're kicked canceled. out. They're, they're canceled. not allowed in the group. They're canceled. You know who they are. They're yeah. canceled. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> okay, so now I want to queue up. Um, a couple people send us voice memos. Okay. Just a few this time. Um, but the people who send us voice memos all shared personal experiences of, like, being called fat traders or, wow. or being professionals working with people who have been called fat traders. So here are those. Thank you so much for sharing. And listen to their voices. Hey, Sophie April. I am an anti-diet, health at every size dietitian, and I wanted to share my thoughts on weight loss surgery. I would love to see more like dietitians and healthcare providers who do align with Hayes working in settings like medical weight loss clinics or um, weight loss surgery clinics because to offer that perspective and that level of care and ethical treatment in those settings um, I think could be really powerful for someone and could be really an opportunity for 
us to sort of bridge that gap with the traditional like quote unquote weight management side of medicine. Obviously, I think health at every size professionals need to continue talking to doctors and and explaining why it's unethical to be recommending weight loss surgery to anyone who doesn't explicitly ask for it. But that being said, like I don't see this surgery is going to happen regardless and people are going to get it regardless of what we do about it. So I think that if we could have more health at every size professionals actually in that setting and providing care and being just like an advocate and being someone who can be empathetic and understanding would be an incredible opportunity and very helpful for the people who do decide to get the surgery. Hi, Sophie and April. This is Hannah. Full disclosure, I have had weight loss surgery, so I'm coming from the perspective of someone who has had the procedure. I went from a borderline super fat to more of an in-betweener. I didn't really find body positivity and the health at every size communities until after I had had my surgery, but if I'm being entirely honest, I can't say that if I had found those communities before that it would have convinced me not to get surgery. The surgical practice that I went to required about six months of various doctor's appointment, tests, seminars, including several meetings with a dietitian and a psychologist before I was even cleared for surgery. I do believe that I and other weight loss surgery patients have an important role to play with regard to body positivity in the world. Namely, that since we've lived on both sides of fat bias, we are in a unique position to talk to people about what it truly feels like to be a fat person in society, in spaces where fat people may not be. I feel like I have a greater responsibility than I ever did as a fat person to stand up for all bodies. Um, I also feel like my responsibility is greater than other allies because I've lived in a fat body and know the issues intrinsically because I lived them. Uh, What that means to me is stepping back from the center of the movement into an ally role, uh, promoting marginalized bodies, and supporting people and causes who are pushing the body positive movement forward. Ultimately, I think that excluding people from the body positive movement is antithetical to the base premise of the movement, that all bodies are worthy of respect. Uh, And I understand that there are people who may be upset about the choice that I made and feel that it's a betrayal of body positivity and especially um, fat positive movements. And I respect and understand that opinion and only ask that people not discount us completely as allies. Hey, ladies, Hannah here. For me, the timing of which I found those podcasts and the episode that I first listened to is kind of insane and lovely. Um, The first one I listened to, and it was, I think, like right when it came out, was the super fat episode. And that is also what I identify as now that I know it's a thing. I didn't know it was a thing until I listened to it, and then I felt very seen and heard, and it was great. Um, I was, and still am, um, going through like a medical weight loss process with my endocrinologist working through it and supervising and testing the hormones and doing the things and not eating the food and it's great (laughs) Um, it's basically the same as the pre-op and post-op diet that you do when you do have weight loss surgery but for me I'm not having weight loss surgery not right now Um, it is something that I don't want to get, I don't think I'll ever get, but it is something that I'm allowing myself now to sort of like pin in my mind as something that I may do. But it is interesting to kind of consider like, yeah, it's a super taboo subject and it really makes a lot of people upset. But I also think that it's interesting when you look at like the average size of the body positive movement in the community and what they look like versus what I look like and what my body is going through and what it is. For me, I don't know. It just sort of seems like another thing that doesn't feel quite fair about all of this. 
um, when you're of a much larger size and you're not only dealing with all the accessibility issues and mobility things and the skin things and all the shitty things. So yeah, I sort of wish that I didn't feel as ashamed or weirded out uh, about it as I do, but I do. And that's a thing. And um, yeah, I'm going to stop rambling now. Love you guys very much. Bye. Okay, so to wrap this up, you've already answered one of my questions, which was, Sorry. what was your greatest fear in talking about this? No, I'm glad you <laughs> what did. What was your I greatest knew. fear? I didn't have any fears. I was excited to talk oh about this. Oh my God. <laughs> Again, a girl who likes to fight. So my only question was, has your opinion on any of this changed over time? Because as I sat and thought about it, I was like, yeah. I think that there was a point when I did think that people Me who too. got weight loss surgery were traitors. Me too. I think it's easy when you first jump into something to think kind of black and white. And I think that's how I started. And I'm not there anymore. Same. But I definitely had those moments. I definitely did for a while feel like people who were still trying to lose weight or people who got weight loss surgery were traitors. For sure. For sure. But that was because I wasn't in a place where I felt comfortable enough with my own position and my own feelings about myself. I felt like that could shake me a little bit. Absolutely. You know, which is not to say that anyone has to accept it. You know what I mean? No, not at all. I think it just comes with practice, like being able to not take Roxanne Gay's personal decisions personally. It's honestly, for me, it just has to do with a lot of compassion. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) And just empathy and just being like, wow, that sounds like it's really hard. Yep. I just... Don't want to tell people what to do who are going through a hard time. And it really has nothing to do with me. I just want people to know who feel like there are fat traders. When you're shoving people away, you're just shoving them towards that conclusion. Which I think is harmful. If you're telling people to get weight loss surgery, like there's no room for you here, guess where they're going to go? Yep. Diet culture. Where everybody (laughs) else is. Yeah. So um, I think that's it. I think that's it too. I feel pretty good about this. I really, I hope that most people's feelings aren't (laughs) I know we're going to get some hurt emails. I mean, go ahead and send your emails. But truly, I just wanted to sort of talk about this really complicated issue. And I think we dipped our toes in really well. Yeah, as always, these are our feelings and our feelings about our community, not about any community that you run or like want to be a part of. You know what I mean? I'm not the CEO of Body Positivity again. I am just some girl. Mm -hmm. Body Positivity LLC. (laughs) Nice. All right. That's the meat of it for this week. We've exonerated fat traders. You're welcome. welcome. (laughs) Oh, my God. Today's episode of She Sell Fat is brought to you by Tomboy X. We love Tomboy X, you love Tomboy X, and the holidays are just around the corner, so why not give the gift of an incredible undie? Tomboy X has lots of styles, cuts, colors, and prints, from bikinis to boxer briefs to trunks, as well as super comfy bras, and all options come in extra small to 4X. Whatever kind of underwear you want, Tomboy X has got your butt covered. The materials they use to make underwear are all eco-friendly, from the quick-dry moisture-wicking fabrics of their activewear line to the super-soft micromodal fabric in their neutrals line. We also love that Tomboy X works with women-owned factories and makes sure that everything they make is ethically produced. We stand a comfy, cute, ethical undie. My favorite around-the-house outfit is my old athletic shorts and a Tomboy X sports bra. I love the one I have with its cute rainbow band under my chest and my ugly athletic shorts that are gray when they're supposed to be white. It's comfy, supportive without being restrictive, and the exact right vibe for singing karaoke in my mirror. I love that the Nutra's line is a truly wide range of colors and shades. When I tried on my shade number two bralette and boy short set for the first time, the color matched me so well I could have sworn I was actually nude. So, go to tomboyx.com slash SAF2019 and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. She's All Fat listeners get an extra 15% off with code 
code SAF2019. Again, code SAF2019 for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. TomboyX.com slash SAF2019. And now it's time to ask a fatty. Mm-hmm. If you want advice, you can send a voice memo of yourself asking a question to FYI at choosealfatpod.com. You can record it on your computer or the voice memo app on your iPhone. Just keep it short, about one minute max. Or if you're shy, you can send us a plain old email at FYI at choosealfatpod.com and we might answer your question right here on the show. So this week's question is from a listener who is non-binary. So we're going to call them H. We have a special letter from H. Hello, Sophie and April. I am a non-binary trans person who leans more more towards the masculine, both in presentation and identity-wise, but is still mostly perceived as a woman in my day-to-day. And I've been recently feeling a lot of animosity towards skinny women, especially in public spaces, and have been asking myself how much of that is more or less internalized misogyny or even femphobia more specifically, um, and how much of it is very righteous fat anger. And I know that both of you are cis women and um, maybe can't or don't want to speak on this, but it is very difficult to find any kind of fat non-binary or fat transmasculine um, representation on the internet. Do you ever think about your angry, negative feelings towards um, skinny women as maybe some internalized misogyny? And uh, if yes, how do you deal with it? That's a great question. Very thoughtful. So first of all, thank you, H, for acknowledging that, like, yeah, we're both cis, and so I definitely can't speak to your experience, nor would I ever try to. So thank you for, like, just putting that out there so everyone knows that's the case. <laughs> Love the idea of like the queer community coming to us for answers. I'm like, well, <laughs> well, so <self-digger. laughs> as a white bi cis woman, I think. I just, but no, I mean, you just acknowledge like the reality of the situation, which yeah. I get. But that said, it is an interesting question. I think yeah. a two parter. Number one, if we struggle with internalized misogyny, and if we struggle with like sort of internalized fat phobia, but looking at thin people like do you look at thin people and get mad <laughs> sometimes i'm as my therapist says nice. i'm very mm-hmm. justice oriented mm-hmm. i like tend to feel like things are fair or unfair i'm like that too and i also have high expectations for people so the things that make me mad are when i feel like people are like we talked about in the meat of it benefiting off of things or exploiting things mm-hmm. in a harmful or bad way so if i see someone who's just thin i'm not like mad at them for being thin if i see someone who's like i'm thin and like i love being thin and Mm -hmm. i'm getting attention for being so thin and look how tiny my waist is then i'm like fuck you i think yeah i think you know and i don't know that i would even label that as like internalized anything i think i just get mad when thin people take for granted how much they don't have to know about yeah like i think i i feel burdened by having to be so knowledgeable about this shit when they just can live their life sort of ignorant and it won't affect them i will say sometimes i feel slightly resentful when i walk into a space and i'm the only fat person there. oh yeah but that's different too i'm not like oh, i hate being around only thin people it's like oh i feel alone yeah but i yeah so i think like h asked if it's justified and i think like absolutely yeah like when i see a thin person who's taking for granted their privilege yeah. i think that's justified because it is fucked up that they do not have to acknowledge how much more difficult my experience in my body well, will be also like h has this added element you know what i yeah. mean i think like part of what h is like talking about is like they feel like anger when they look at people who like 
are having having a much easier experience in the world in multiple ways Mm -hmm. like easier meaning like in the way that society tends to treat cis versus not cis people. Actually, yeah, you yeah, know? absolutely, yeah. Like, it's, I think it's very understandable why someone would be like, I'm fat and trans, and I see, like, the skinny cis bitches, and I'm like, fuck you. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, totally. That's and, very and, understandable. And I, can't, I can't speak for you, but I would guess that it's not because you hate women. I mm-hmm. think it's because you hate how you're mistreated and misgendered all the time. Yeah. Which is fair, because that sounds like it fucking sucks. I don't know. When you look at women, are you like, fuck you, I hate women yeah are you just like can't believe you get to experience your life positively and i can't like (laughs) Like, i can't believe that you're not mistreated like like yeah yeah it's like fuck you for like you have this thing easier than i do in relation to the rest of the world like that would make sense to me and i don't think that that's misogyny i think maybe it's a little bit weird if you like do that and then you look at men and you're like nothing wrong with you yeah exactly (laughs) it's fair to be raging at a world that inherently doesn't treat you fairly yeah and when people are on the path of like body acceptance in a like fat way Mm -hmm. there there were plenty of times when i was like i really don't feel like i can be around thin people right now for sure i was like that all the time i don't want to talk to my thin friends about this because you you have to put on a different face and put on a different armor when you're the only one Mm -hmm. and that might breed animosity and i just feel like that's normal yeah yeah but do i want to like hit men i see all the time for just like not yeah, even I mean, knowing yes. about their privilege all the fucking time are you kidding me i fantasize about running <laughs> yeah, dudes that's over really fair. all the time <laughs> are you kidding i dream about it yeah but you know you don't act on it h i don't act on it yeah we're holding it in <laughs> i take it out on my sins when i go home you know like, you know when you're looking at women are you like you don't bitch yeah you know exactly. that that's misogyny that's for that sure that would be a little internalized misogyny are you resentful? That's different. Yeah. You know? Keep us posted, Age. Did you slap her? Yes or no? Who's <laughs> her? Whoever, whoever is the, the subject of the animosity. Oh, oh my but God. But no, we feel you. We understand you. We feel you. You're valid. It's fine. You, you just keep being your amazing, fat, trans, masculine self, and you're valid. And follow Jay at Comfy Fat yes. Travels on Instagram. And just, like, keep being you because we appreciate you. And we thank you for appreciating us and our girly girlness. In our girly, girly time. Yeah, I hope it's not alienating. <laughs> well, I mean, that makes me happy that H like listens and is a yeah. supporter and is able to acknowledge our limitations exactly. and abilities. That makes me happy. Yeah, me too. We love you, H. Now let's move on to It's Okay, You Can Ask, a segment where I get to hear all about what an all-black group chat is like. I, that's a lie because you will never <laughs> fucking tell me what you guys talk about. And you get to hear all about rosacea. <laughs> Did you like that? I Did you like writing loved that? It. I wow. loved it. Wow. Some of my best comedy writing goes into this part. I can't of the okay, this. we'll find the answers. I to- see <laughs> all the cool black people who tweet at you like, "What's so female?" This, whatever. I'm having so You're much laughing fun. Laughing at me. We are. <laughs> so sorry to tell you. Okay, we'll find the answers to our burning questions, like whatever happened to Kelly Pickler, or oh why God. are black men mourning Chevy Impalas on Twitter? <laughs> I did ask you that. You okay, so my question this week. I hope it's not too painful for you, <laughs> but it's my final question of the season, and it's been on my list all season. But I'm like, she doesn't want to answer this, but I'm like, I gotta ask. <laughs> so I'm sorry oh in advance. God. So the question is. 
what are the situations that you feel comfortable disclosing that you grew up wealthy and what are the situations that you don't? Just because we are friends. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, just kidding, everyone loves that we're friends, which I think is nice. But we've been in situations where I've seen you like be like, and you know, I've had this experience because I'm wealthy. Like I've seen you be comfortable to like yeah. disclose it. And other times when I see that you like don't, you haven't, like you sidestep, sidestepped it because you clearly didn't want to, which I respect. But I'm curious, like what are the situations where you're like okay I feel comfortable bringing it up here I feel like it'd be like a necessary or interesting part in like this conversation I'm having in this space and what are the times where you're like I don't want to get into it so I think by the way both are valid and I don't think you're bad for not wanting to be like you know how you want to eat the rich I'm right here eat me <laughs> like I, I don't know what it's like but I feel like sometimes I, I would assume it would be uncomfortable because people don't like rich people right now <laughs> Forever. Okay. But I'm curious. I don't actually mind answering this. Oh, really? Okay. I don't feel comfortable bringing it up if I'm in front of people who I think will take it as a brag. Okay. I don't feel comfortable bringing it up around other rich people who I think have not, like, thought about it. Mm. And I don't feel comfortable around people who I don't know who might feel alienated by it. Uh, I think it's, like, very important to be as transparent about it as possible, especially because there's so many people in media who just, like get success in media through having family money and like being able to work through it. And I think that's so gross when people try to hide it and try to be like, actually I just worked really hard. I'm like, you can work really hard and also have these benefits. Like that's not, it doesn't devalue your work to be like, I'm really lucky. I like had this help. It just devalues other people who are struggling. If you don't disclose all the benefits that you had. Yeah. A lot of other people like me can sometimes feel like because we're aware of the benefits that we have, Mm -hmm. if I'm not killing it a thousand percent, then there must be something wrong with me because I have all these benefits and extras, you know, that is not a useful feeling for me to have, you know? So that has been something that's very hard. I still try to divest from that but like that is something that in the past made me feel uncomfortable saying stuff because I was like oh my god if I reveal that like my family has money then people are going to be like putting me at such a higher degree of grading because like it seems like I should have all these advantages I'm like well it doesn't stop me from like having a fucked up body and also like mental health issues you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and also like it doesn't make my work good Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just gives me the space to work on my work uh it puts pressure on me in different ways it doesn't make everything easier but it makes a lot of important things easier. I don't worry about food. I don't worry about shelter. I don't worry about clothing. Those are huge privileges. I worry about a lot of other stuff. Yeah, for sure. I never want to talk about it if I feel like I'm in front of someone where it'll seem like we're bonding about having money. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't want to talk about it in front of someone who has just talked about hating rich people, not because I think I'll be hated, but because I don't, unless I'm like very comfortable with them, I feel like it would come across as defensive. I see. And I don't Mm -hmm. want to seem defensive. Absolutely. Honestly, I have a lot of respect for you for not being scared of it. Really? Yes, because I work in television and I see people be like, yeah, man, grind every day, no days off. I work so hard. And I'm like, dude, like I would be called to people who are like, their father created Modern Family, their father created The Simpsons, and you act like you grind all day right like you're privileged as fuck like that doesn't mean that you work hard but you also had a bunch of stuff handed to you but so i mean right when for my when i first met you i was like yeah she's different because you're not like like hiding it people will like hide it yeah i think because that's they're weird. like ashamed they're well, you've like, also seen me sobbing because i can't get out of bed two days in a row yeah, for so sure. you're like wow it didn't fix anything for her yeah did it. i do see the full picture <laughs> but but i just i just honestly respect it because a lot of people are like fronting and oh, just yeah, want no. people to think that I they have did no everything. interest in that my dad didn't make all the money he mm-hmm. has it's like 
three generations before him. Yeah. So to me, it's very like some guy did it from taking advantage of stuff. Yeah. Like laws or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like and like other people. Other people. <laughs> yeah. And then like took advantage of the American tax code. Yes. And made trust. Mm-hmm. Like my dad didn't make that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm not like I don't have any kind of like personal like how dare you? My dad worked hard for that. Yeah. Which is something I always hear, and I'm All like whatever. Like money does not come from working hard. I know that's like a really hard concept. Literally, the money in my family came from like horse race gambling, I think, <laughs> and like owning newspapers. Well, your great 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 grandfather grinded until he died at the horse race. <laughs> I mean, he honestly. Probably did. Probably did. But he oh also like made all of his daughters marry like terrible business partners of okay. his and like you know, his whole family converted away from Judaism so they could join country clubs and shit. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, it's not, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting part of my family history. It's not like, I'm not like, yes, an American icon. You know what I mean? (laughs) Everybody wants to feel like they earned everything they have. That's the problem with privilege. And it's like, you didn't. But that's the (laughs) thing is that I think if you have privilege, you have to feel like it's hard to feel like you earned something if you're aware of it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's very clear to me how many advantages I've had from just like, having parents who expected me to go to college and put me in schools that would help me get to college. Like, did I work really hard in high school? Yes. Mm -hmm. Did I have every advantage to help me get to Stanford? Yes. Yeah. I I just don't think those cancel each other out. I can be really proud of the podcast and also be really like grateful that I had family money that let us buy mics at the beginning. You know, I don't think that makes the podcast any like less good because of that. You know? I just don't think the only way you can be proud of yourself is if you've like suffered the most. Because even yeah. if I'm somebody who's like been very marginalized, but also there's lots of ways that I've been privileged. Like even being able to talk about body positivity, I learned about it when I was at my fancy college. Like that, that I still feel accomplished. Yeah, there's got to be a way to like have both of those things exist well, at the same time. I just think that a lot of that comes from the like false correlation of in America of work ethic and reward yeah where I'm like you know that's like that Puritan shit that's like literally it's so crazy how so much of that is still very present like it's so not true it's not like that no people get rewarded for random things for bad things people who work really hard don't get rewarded like people who are interested in things that I'm not interested in at all like work forever and don't get anything people are interested in what I'm interested in and work one day get what I want and I don't like it just I just don't see the correlation in the same way I'm just like all, like I have money for literally no reason, mm-hmm. and so like I need to figure out how to deal with it mentally and emotionally, which is hard to do. Being rich and being poor both give you different mental health issues. It's just in different ways, and if you're rich, you can pay for therapy more. Yeah, because my dad didn't make the money. Mm-hmm. I don't have the like work hard, get big reward mentality. I'm like, oh, this just appeared. Yeah. So I can try to do the most with it that I can. Like if people are resentful because I have family money and so it was easier for me to get a seat at the table, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's valid. That's how privilege works. That's, that's true. <laughs> you know? I just don't see the point in like trying to hide the strings because like I have enough confidence in my value as like a worker in the work I do day to day and in like my thoughts and my voice and stuff. I'm like, that is worth what it's worth. Yeah. It's not made more or less because of my money. I get more opportunities because of my money. That's not fair. And I don't have to pretend that it's fair. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me less to acknowledge that I have these like benefits because like acknowledging privilege doesn't take away opportunities from me. You know, 
I think people act like, oh, if I like reveal that I'm rich, then like everyone will think I didn't get here on my own. It's like, well, you didn't get there on your own and you're insecure about that. (laughs) Are you secure enough in your own work? Exactly. Instead of like figuring out how to have find your self-worth from what you're able to accomplish yeah. and also like do you give your money away right <laughs> like what are you doing to like invest in it so that other people don't have to suffer because of whoever your family took advantage of anyway thank you for answering my question yeah i was on my list for a while but i just didn't want you to feel on the spot or feel like uncomfortable for having to talk about it no but, yeah. but i think if i did that would be part of what i should get used to because yeah. it's always the job of more privileged people to work on those feelings of discomfort with acknowledging privilege. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks Thank for you. giving me a pat on the head. Oh God, I'm not patting you. You're bad. Here, <laughs> let me make a list of the things you're bad no! at. <laughs> Your hands are too no, small. <laughs> no. Can you even grasp things? No, I can't. No, <laughs> you don't I can't. know any music. Learn some music. I know that. <laughs> No. You don't know who Boo Boo the Fool is. Who Look is? It up. Who the fuck is he? Look it up. I did. I can figure it out. It's not a real person. So in summary, you are bad. No, no. pats here. Fine. Okay. <laughs> and that's our show. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to FYI at she's all Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us, Sophie Carter-Khan and April K. Quio. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was mixed and edited by Maria Wortel. Special thanks to our fairy intern mother, Lynn Barbara, and our brand new intern, Kirsten Berg. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Bye! I think I will hear myself doing that like when I'm home alone. I'm like, I'm gonna make a fucking uh, omelet. I don't know why I do that. Okay, 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 okay. It's just like you're about to like hit on me in a terrible, gross way, is what it sounds like. Fucking, uh, what are you doing Thursday? I don't know why I do that. It's horrible. Oh my god. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.